on the ladder now. Okay, I just checked uh, getting back up to that first step. Roger, we copy. Yeah. Pretty good little job. TC and Jake. So, Jake, I uh, I think you know where we're starting. I think everyone knows where we're starting. Uh, the shirt. What What'd you do this time, bud? Oh, we're talking about Twitter. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, became a little too overly sensitive and self-aware about my own mental health. Okay, like a so lame-o. This, this wasn't a, this wasn't a demotion. No, and it didn't involve an astronaut, and it didn't involve Randy Rogers, and it didn't involve Steph Curry, and it didn't involve. I guess the, what was the last one I got hit for was uh, tweeting the Anton Hudobin video and saying like Trump on November fourth. Yeah, uh, and Twitter was like, "This is false election information." And that like, was fucked up. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I mean, you're I, still in there now, dude. I know, right? I threw the whole thing asunder uh, yeah. with my Anton Hudobin clip, but no, um, it's not. It's not from Jack. Someone said uh, delete your account, and you were like, you know what? They're right. They're right. Yeah, it's not from Jack. It's from okay. not Jack. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, uh, nothing else will get me a bunch of questions I don't really care about than, uh, than that. I'm sure everyone who knows you uh, has just been pelted with an endless string of, uh, you know, where'd he go? So there it is, folks. Uh, he just, he, I don't know, I support you, so I don't want to mock you doing that. So no, anyways. but I mean, you know, when you do it, like you're going to be mocked. Like it's not one of those sort of things that, I mean, that's actually part of the calculation, right? But it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. I don't want. I don't want to live in that world, so I will not make that world. Uh, you know, I will not be responsible for creating that world. I think you're making a great choice, and I don't need to say anything about your vagina at all. No, I mean, I was. Well, I mean, you can at least get up to the level of comments about my vagina I was expecting, which was about a five out of ten, at least, <laughs> uh, on the hitting the gas. But I mean, I know how I know how you think about this, so like, I don't view you as a sympathetic party in like hearing what I think about it. And, and I also I I want to make sure that I don't make this like into a well, Twitter is so toxic and everyone is so mean and shouldn't they? I wish people would police the speech a little more because people are mean to me. And even me, it was like, yeah, people are sending me my, like pictures of my house and, you know, being, you know, things that could easily be con- construed as threats if you were to take them seriously. It's really not that. It's 100% on me. And just like, I think I just like it too much. <laughs> like, I like it so much that. Or whatever it is, like the programming and the hardwiring of my brain has been completely like hacked to where, dude, I don't know about you, but like I can just be doing like normal, good family stuff, like doing stuff with Nora. And it goes about four minutes before I'm like, this is great, but I wonder if anybody has said anything funny. Yeah, no, absolutely. I need to check and see and, what the latest dunking in politics is. You know, like uh, flicking down over and over whenever you know there's nothing like maybe there'll be two tweets like the, you, you need to flick down over and over for two I'll tweets for one <laughs> like i don't know uh i i know as i'm doing it that it's not an enjoyable use of my time and uh it's not changing my behavior at all so no i i don't like that um but yeah you know whatever i i was hoping it'd be a better story than that dude yeah, i was hoping no, it's, that it's uh, randy pretty... rogers would be in there somewhere right or or an astronaut or anton hudobin no, yeah. it's not. It's just, and dude, it's to the point now. Like, does Izzy know the word phone? No. Well, Nora does, and we very quickly like tried to create a deal where if a phone was sitting there and she went to go grab it, we'd kind of be like, "No, you know, no, that's not." And now, so she'll even if she sees a phone, 
not in hand or whatever on person, she'll walk over and almost like pick it up and go, no, no. Like she knows that that's not something she's supposed to have. So a couple different times where I'm just like, oh, that's cool. Like uh, the thing that I created out of my balls is developing a brain. And that's probably the most amazing thing I'll ever see. But I really need to see like if anybody has any jokes about Kirk Cousins and the baby will come over and be like, no phone, no phone. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know, Damn, that's good advice. That uh, I don't buy that it. One dude. Land, that one landed, this, kid. That, this smells exactly like the my daughter walked up to me and asked why Trump has to be this way. Well, so the thing, <laughs> my kid walked up and asked, "Are we going to have to quarter soldiers if the third amendment <laughs> gets overturned?" <laughs> I, she doesn't. It's not that she doesn't want me on the phone. It's uh-huh. that we've connected the word no to phone. Yeah. So like anytime she sees a phone, even if you're just on it for normal stuff like that you have to do, she'll come over and be like, no phone, no phone, no phone, phone, no, phone, no. And regardless of her intents, it happened a couple times where I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, dude, she can feel it in your pocket. And when she feels it in your pocket, she says no phone. It doesn't matter if you're on it really or not. When she sees a phone, she says no phone. And but if you're doing it while you're like, man, I wonder if anybody has said anything funny about John Ossoff this morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, ah, oh, that doesn't feel good, brother. <laughs> that feels yeah, like I'm uh, kind of addicted. To pick it up and say hello, which is which yeah, is just we cute. did have we I had have a no period of time with, with hello. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've told you before, like I've tried deleting it. That shit don't work. I'm back on the corner, like scratching, like, e anybody got any of that? phone <laughs> like t- <laughs> two, three four hours later at most so it doesn't i'm just trying to i'm trying to i'll probably go like a week uh i I've, i know i've told you about it but that uh i can't remember what it's called self-control is the name of the app it's an app where you can just type in websites and then set a timer and it won't let you visit those websites and I've never done it where, like, I just did it on my own, you know? Like, every time, all, like, five minutes after I set it up, be like, Twitter.com, and I think, oh, yeah, <laughs> I set up the thing five minutes ago. Um, yeah, and I would immediately disable that. Well, see, the thing like, is, it, would it, never won't, stop it won't let you. That's, that's the whole point. You can't, like, once it's done, it's done. Like, for the amount of time you set, you can't do it. Okay. It's a useful that's an option. I did not know that. I feel like it's I would not, still find a way to private window it or something, but um, I guess you could. I have. I think I did try that and it didn't work, but I could be wrong. But the fact that you did, <laughs> I mean, I think <laughs> it was just whenever I first got it. That's why I'm not sure because I've I've had it for a couple of years, and I think whenever I first got it, I was like testing the fence, uh, just yeah. to be interested in whether or not this was a useful app. Um. And uh, it is because, you know, I think honestly, uh, it's a bad idea that they gave us one machine to do work, to do research, to masturbate, to find out what our friend's doing. Like, I would like discreet machines. Maybe take a picture of your kid? Yeah, for each of those things. I, well, I just mean like computers. But yeah, I, all of it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, um, that, that's one way of like, uh, doing your best to address that reality, but it's just kind of a bad design in general. I mean, whatever, I guess there's trade-offs, you know, it's nice having your camera in your pocket at all times. It would yeah. kind of suck if everyone had to carry around a second camera. I remember whenever we used to do that, I didn't really like it. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, look, I do carry around a second camera though. Cause I'm a creative. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Second or just. You stop at two these days? Well, just Last time you were here, we had a six-camera setup, so... I've got a number of cameras. Yeah. You're, fi- you're finding your wilderness. That's right. That's right. I and feel I'm, like it's what it comes down to. It, uh, it will not consume me. I'll conquer it, Jake. Um, so, if you are not on Twitter, that means that you did not see that uh, Saturday was the 100th anniversary of Bloody Sunday, and I wanted to, to give you five minutes on that, if you don't mind. Not the U2 song. Uh, there's actually several incidents that are called Bloody Sunday. U2 wrote a song about one of them. That one happened in the 70s? 72, I think. Could be wrong. Um, so, have I talked about this before? Definitely. 
Okay, okay, all right. Well, then I'll make it quick. Um, just uh, in uh, in the, the Irish War for Independence, uh, you know, the, the, the ongoing struggle for it, um, the, uh, the British, many people don't realize sometimes, but I'm sure all of our, our listeners do, uh, used to uh, control Ireland, control them pretty heavily. And so they had uh, intelligence uh, folks, they had spies, you know, trying to talk, you know, figure out who among you wants to be free, how serious about you are it, what do you intend to do about that, and um, where are you going to be so we can kill you. And uh, there was a woman who... Um, was like the nanny or butler maid for uh, like a high-ranking British officer who secretly had Irish sympathies. And so she uh, collected a list of all of the spies in Ireland um, operating in Dublin, passed it on to uh, the heads of the, uh, the people trying to, uh, to get the struggle, Eamon de Valera, Michael Collins. Uh, Michael Collins rounded up a group, and I believe it was 16, uh, you know, intelligence officials. And with all this stuff, there's always a dispute where the British are like, they're just killing innocent people. And the Irish are like, no, we're 100% sure they're spies. Who's right? You know what I think. But, uh, you know, there's, there's not like slam dunk evidence on either side. There is on some of them. There isn't on others. Did they kill some innocent people of the 16? History will never know. Um, but uh, they, they, uh, they killed 16 people. Like it was all, you know, it was, it was quick. Like it was coordinated raids in the morning. They were all happening. Bang, 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 all at once. And the British got a tip that the uh, people who had carried it out uh, were, had gone to a uh, soccer game at Croke Park, the big stadium in Dublin, largest stadium in Ireland. And um, they, uh, they head down to the soccer game. Uh, I think that they were going to like check the crowd for weapons as they were coming in, something like that. But what just ends up happening is that they roll up in an armored troop carrier. So, you know, like, uh, I mean, this is uh, 19, I mean, obviously, it's 1920. It's the 100th year anniversary. I don't know why I was about to get that wrong. Um, so uh, we're not talking about like an M1 Abrams tank or anything, but uh, it's a steel-plated vehicle that, uh, you know, has a, uh, a firing position on it. You know, you got a mounted gun. Um and so uh, they, they roll up into this soccer game, trying to do a little crowd control. Uh, whenever you roll up to a ton of people and kind of create a standoff like this with, you know, tens of thousands of folks, uh, it can kind of get out of control on you. I would suggest not doing it. Um, but it's, it's one of those classic things. Like, when's the last time you saw The Rock, Jake? A uh, couple years, but fairly recently. So whenever they, uh, whenever the Marines come up out of the uh, shower, and uh, Ed Harris's men got their guns down on him, and they're in that standoff, I think that the honest historical account, like the most accurate, our best guess of what happened, and there was a lot of people there, so you can uh, piece this together well enough, is that it was like that, um, where you know you got your guns pointed at them, they're agitated, something goes off, who the fuck knows what, and all of a sudden there's firing. Uh, so, you know, the upshot is that you had British soldiers firing into an open crowd of Irish spectators of a uh, soccer game. The first person killed was an 11-year-old boy who was trying to watch the game from a, uh, a tree. He had climbed a tree so that he'd be able to see inside to the stadium. Uh, By the way, you also the don't bullet. necessarily know that he was the first. That's just the one that prints the best. Could yeah, yeah, sixth. fair enough. Uh, Could have been seventh, but... But whatever, dude. They killed a fucking 11-year-old. The True. The, the True. state, you know? Um, and uh, I, I think that it was... Uh, I, I don't remember the exact number of, uh, of dead. Many, many were wounded. Um, so, you know, uh, just always something to think about. Uh, if, you, if you wonder why I have such strong opinions about, uh, about Britain, it's because uh, they're the kind of folks that uh, fire guns into the crowds at soccer matches. There's a street near me that's called Cromwell. In uh, Oliver Cromwell is, uh, I think it's like a full third of the Irish population was dead by the time he was done waging war on them. Um, and I mean, like grisly stuff, you know, like fucking killing entire villages, like just total disregard for human life. Uh, viewed the enemy as animals, treated them as such. And uh, I, 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 every time I drive by it, I'm like, so where's Hitler Avenue? You know, like, uh, <laughs> like. I, you know, he's got a complicated legacy, but like 
that's not the kind of, you know, like if you kill a third of the population of any given population of any size, then like we don't really talk about the other stuff you did. Like no one's like, well, you know, he did have the Autobahn. I mean, not no one. Uh, Marge did. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't expect but, uh, shot to come up today, but, you know, I, yeah, I think I Dallas should change the name of Cromwell. <laughs> my first thought would just be, I don't know how common that surname is or either one of them really you know like maybe there were so many cromwells that it was basically like a street called jackson or you know even you know it's martinez or smith as opposed to i don't really know how common the surname hitler was yeah like maybe I mean, there were Curtis a lot of cromwells and so yeah from white uh it was white settlement right that rangers game <laughs> I think so. I don't know. Like, I don't know if there were a bunch of people with the last name Hitler. I don't know. And I, I assume that they're the Cromwell. That just sounds so English that I would think that maybe there were a number of people that had that same last name. And maybe it's not about the murderous dictator when it comes to Cromwell. I don't know. I'm searching for reasons why uh, a city that just thought it was a good idea to, to, pay jj berea on cameo to tell people to stay home for thanksgiving has made a good decision here uh when it seems like that's something you probably could have got anyone to do for free from the mavs but they opted for 100 bucks on cameo which whatever it's 100 bucks but still it seemed weird that does seem weird yeah Uh, yeah no i mean i'm I'm pretty sure it's cromwell because like uh my view of him as like a, a murderous, uh, you know, like a war criminal is not the universal view, you know? And I mean, like I said, I think that's wrong. I think it's fucking insane that people are like, well, you know, he did do a lot to uh, kind of shift power from the monarchy to the parliament. Like, yeah, he did. And you know what else he did? He killed a third of the fucking population. Um, so, you know, but yeah, British people like make no fucking apologies. Like they, they absolutely will to this day name all kinds of things after him because to them he is a hero because they only focus on that stuff. But like, I don't know, I don't get to page two whenever that's on page one. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, and when you wear a t-shirt that says Irish on it in some form or fashion every single day of your life. That's true. Although, uh, this one is, uh, Seahawks. Oh, damn. Surprise Ride, of the century. Riding for the Native Americans this time. I didn't realize that the Four Seasons shirt was going to have gritty on the way on the uh, writing lawn. <laughs> so great. That's a nice shirt. It's touch, a great right? shirt. Yeah, no. Four Seasons. And of course, it just says. Escaping. <laughs> not the Four Seasons Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't wait to forget about that so I can remember it all over again. Like I did today with uh, Elon Musk calling the uh, cave diver a pedo. I just love yeah. when I forget things. <laughs> well, that's a good thing, not just because of, you know, lifestyle decisions, but I think it's just ever more possible now. To you know? forget I mean, things? Just, yeah. It's just too much. There's just yes, too much absolutely. to remember things from even a few weeks ago where you're like, Once oh. every two days, the most insane thing that's ever happened happens. So I was laughing about something the other night uh, and walked very carefully with me here. Uh there's a certain insurance company that has a spokesperson with a name that one of us has, right? And they've had it for a really okay. long time. Yeah, yeah. And for yeah. a couple years, uh, every single time. And again, you should. I should reiterate that this is like the most common Caucasian male name for like a ten year period. Mm-hmm. Like it was Jacob or Jake was the the top name that you would hear. Oh, okay. I thought you meant all right. Not TC or Thomas. <laughs> All right. So uh, for a long time, whenever I would call people and tell them my name, you know, like customer service, or whatever, they would be like, oh, from blank, you know, and like, no, no, and I've never heard that. So if you notice now when you watch football games, um, that company has changed out their spokesperson and he is now uh, a spokesperson of a different race mm-hmm. and he looks uh very jacked and he's off you know the other guy was white this guy is not mm-hmm. but they kept the same name they did which i 
I can only ascertain that they just assumed that they would like to have more diversity in their commercials, in their campaigns, but thought we're just too tied into the name that we had used for our previous spokesperson when it comes to brand recognition and identification. We simply have to keep it. The people love it too much. They love it too much. They're not necessarily tied to the ethnicity of the spokesperson. They are tied to the name of the spokesperson, which, sure, perhaps. Uh, But then we got to laughing about uh, what if in other cases where this has possibly been proposed, like what if when Jared from Subway went to jail... (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> Jared's just an Jared, Asian they, Jared. They just have another spokesperson. Hi, I'm and, Jared. And you may notice I look a little different. And I'm also they don't even acknowledge not it, a, really. I'm not a the main thing is I'm not a pedophile. <laughs> yeah. uh, it just so happens that we needed to find another Jared, and that person is me. I am Jared. I swear to God, that's my name. Yes. There are Jareds of different races. The main thing is, as you know, I'm not a pedophile. Mm-hmm. And they just yeah. kept the name. Like they- <laughs> I never even wanted. You know, it's, it's not that I'm biting the urges. It's that I don't experience them. Right. No. I didn't get beat up in jail. Any of that. We just in fact, think in my free time, I, uh, I track down other uh, pedophiles and I bring Actually, them to used justice. To work for, I used to work for perverted justice with... Uh, Damn, what was the one's name? What was that girl's name? That would have made the joke land a lot harder. I'm not sure I remember what you're talking about. So when Chris was at the height of his powers okay. uh, with To Chris Catch Hansen. a Predator, yeah. they had this group called Perverted Justice that they would use for all their like uh, arguably entrapment uh, uh-huh. operations. But nobody yeah. was going to be like, I don't know if you're treating these pederists correctly. Yeah. Um, that's a problem in general, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But they had one uh, female who was, like, the lead. Like, she was very good at, at pretending to be a young male or female. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And her name was, like, it was something that... Like, she could nail the voice. Yeah. I can't remember her name, but I bet... I, I mean, I could probably find it, but who really cares, right? It, it only would have been funny the minute that I had that. Uh, thought, but yeah, uh, yeah, but whatever. So we had, uh, and I'm so I'm, I, I introduced the uh, the last topic. You wanna you wanna jump in here before I start? I got a bunch of stuff to say, but I don't want to crowd you out. No, go ahead. We've got uh, two stories that I feel are directly up our alley, and. Uh, one of them we got uh, requests on, and the other one uh, I'm surprised we haven't gotten requests on. Maybe you have, because uh, it just seems classic IJB. Uh, we'll start with the uh, requested one. Um, nah, that comes from uh, Tell Stevens. says, this feels like old school IJB wheelhouse, and it's a uh, letter from a professor. Uh, his name oh, yeah. is Professor Brennan, and uh, he this. works at, at Ferris University. <laughs> and uh, no, did, their rivals, Ferris State. Oh, Ferris State. Um, where, where is Ferris State? Do you know? Am I putting you on Grand the spot? Rapids, Michigan. Okay, there we go. That works better for me. Um, and uh, he's responding to an article that ran in the Ferris State student newspaper. Never and good. In normal times, I would probably like to bring you the full picture by reading this article first. <laughs> But I kind of <laughs> like this better as just an entirely unaccompanied little bit of, you know, uh, my enemies are saying, but however. Yes. No, it is. I was going to say that actually before you said it because of a line on the second page. It is a <laughs> formal version of a drill tweet. <laughs> in, ev- in every single way, it is a 600 word formally written from the office of version of a drill tweet. So uh, I kind of want to read this entire thing. I won't, but I want to. Um, and uh, so he, it's the the article by the student's newspaper surfaced a Twitter account that uh, he had. I believe it was a private locked account, but he said a lot of wild things. And I feel like this is an important bit of uh, information. He's a physics teacher. So 
I don't know. You know, I mean, like, I'm not going to go to my death defending his right to think these crazy things, but he probably does know a lot about physics, right? You know, it's, it, it's, it's different than if it's like your politics teacher, right? Yeah, I think the position flex among Ivory Tower folk, if you were to rank it, physics would be probably number one. Like, it's basically Cordell Stewart. Because if it is someone from the school of liberal liberal arts, like that's a third down back. Like you have one trick. I know what it is. You don't know really anything about anything outside of what you know. It's just way more likely that a guy from the Department of Physics knows things about not only science, but also the world than it is the other way around. You think so? I, I kind of thought that so. they're laser focused on nerd math shit. And that's how he has such a blind spot for these other things. So I just think it's I think it's common. Well, the math thing is important because even just having a, a a solid understanding of math, I think allows you to understand a lot of different parts of the world. And I can tell you from experience <laughs> that uh, the liberal arts school. I remember the day. There were many days where I thought, "Boy, this is why newspapers are failing." But in grad school, in our quantitative research class, day one. When everyone in there was like, I hate math. And I was like, you're fucked. This whole thing is fucked because you people will go on to run businesses with bottom lines. I just think if you have a solid math understanding, it helps you to be able to process things outside in pretty much any field better than if your understanding is more qualitative, if that makes sense. But I could be wrong. Yeah, uh, that does make sense to me. I would agree with it. Um Anyway, so uh, well, I'll just, I will read this uh, this paragraph. This controversy started after I made a few statements in a College of Arts and Sciences meeting of faculty and staff about the COVID nineteen pandemic. My statements were to the effect that, and now he starts with bold. Really, just mm-hmm. taking out all the bold sentences are is pretty great. Like just the things yeah. that hop out of like, no, I do not think that middle class Jews are the problem of the world. <laughs> Yeah, and he like, made sure that, that that's what he bolded. Yeah. You can kind yeah, of read a little the, more in his tone <laughs> from his control B. <laughs> yeah, no, he he has some statements that he, <laughs> here's another here's just a selection of the bolded things. Atom bombs are fake. The moon landings are fake. I uttered the word to try to neutralize its power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I get why you felt you needed to bold that one, but we'll get to that. My statements were to the effect that, bold, I believe the COVID-19 pandemic is a stunt designed to enslave humanity and strip us of all our rights and freedoms. <laughs> all right. Okay. I don't believe the pandemic is a hoax. People have died. But its severity is being exaggerated by revolutionary leftists in the media and government who never let a good crisis go to waste, which I think that you said that phrase within the last month on this podcast. I don't think that I did. It might have been Philip. I I talked to both of you. And I think the interesting thing about that one is that he quoted it, but he single quoted it. So it's kind of like a, look, I'm going to attribute this because I'm sure someone has actually said it, but I don't really know who. Like, I don't know. I don't have like, I don't have a person per se uh, who said this. But. Yeah, no, that that's definitely what he's doing. Uh, it's Rom. Rom Emanuel definitely said that. Okay. I mean, I've heard the, the comment yeah, 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 before, yeah, but yeah, yeah. in, in no, this but context. I'm just saying, like, uh, you, no, you're 100% right about how he's using <laughs> it, but I, I do think it's delicious that, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the uh, more evil actors in, uh, <laughs> in American politics absolutely was like, hell yeah, dude. And I don't know. Uh, I think he's got a little bit of a point. But uh, anyways, um, the end result of this hysteria, if unchecked, will be a mandatory vaccine. No one will be allowed in public places or permitted to buy food in a supermarket unless they present proof of vaccination. So he's getting he's getting quite quickly to they're going to starve you if you don't have your uh, vaccination. Initially, this electronic certificate will be tied to a person's smartphone. That, you know, like, okay, like if, if we do have, we, I think it would be a good idea to give us vaccines. I think it would be a good idea to keep a record of who is vaccinated, who is not so that we can, because, you know, like the situation you're dealing with where right now you are immune. Um, and I think you should be able to go places without a mask and it'd be no big deal. 
but uh, you know, some kind of nice like wristband or something, I think would be a good system. Um, and you also, know, if you I'd do it on the stop smartphone, when you use smartphone, smartphone, that's fine. Uh, smartphone. <laughs> he doesn't stop there. He says, but will soon be in the form of injectable micro or nanotechnology in the vaccine itself. <laughs> If this guy, so, all right, it's just, he just, he, he goes to so many levels. Like every time you're like, oh my God, he's so crazy for saying this. And then like two seconds later, you're like, actually in retrospect, based on this new thing he said, the previous statement was not that shocking in, by sure. comparison. Uh, so he's saying uh, they're not going to let you get food unless you've got the vaccine. Wild. Uh, they're they're going to track whether or not you had the vaccine by nanotechnology. Jesus, he's going off the rails. If this comes about, it will truly be a fulfillment to the prophecy of the mark of the beast, as described <laughs> by St. John the Apostle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we haven't been able to make people wear masks to buy food. Mm-hmm. Like at a at anything anything approaching like full coverage, so no. I don't know if I I don't know if I totally agree with his. We're about to have the fulfillment of the prophecy or of the mark of the beast. I don't recall anything about nanotechnology specifically in Revelations. Uh, I will grant you that it's vaguely worded, but I'm There's never a lot of really <laughs> a lot of snakes, <laughs> a lot of snakes. Um, he's got a little bit about, uh, how like, yes, I do have a Twitter account. It's just so I can say crazy things. Um, I use the, I really, I really felt that. Yeah. I have (laughs) have a Twitter account that I use as a quote. And again, on this one, single quotes, which is an interesting (laughs) rhetorical. Yeah. Uh, I have a Twitter account that I use as a quote, hold to shout in. (laughs) Uh, I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Brother. I, I I will die for your right to do that. <laughs> um, and uh, he says, uh, I use the account to test the boundaries of language and ideas. Oh, Marshall Henderson has <laughs> That's entered exactly the chat. exactly what again. it is. <laughs> Yet again. Um, I keep it locked in private. It's been my way of poking the dragon. Uh, I knew eventually this would happen. I knew this day would come, Mushmouth. Yep. Uh, and it's fine that it's happening now as our society is reaching a crescendo of madness because they won't let me say the N word online. (laughs) I'll be your victim. Hey, yeah. You know, uh, has ready too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me address a few of those tweets, starting with the one where I use the N word. (laughs) I believe the N word is a mind control spell designed to make us hate each other. See again, we got like, let me talk about the tweet where I use the n-word and you're like whoa this guy can't top it and he's like the n-word is a mind control spell holy shit he topped it um I uttered the word to try to neutralize its power and its implied meaning in the context of the tweet was a synonym for human being or person since I use it to describe people of all races I you cowards have not been neutralizing it and I waited yeah I waited and I waited you thought I just meant black people but I meant everyone So I'm allowed. Um, He does have an interesting note that he deleted it an hour after he made it in June 2019. So someone screenshotted his business sitting around waiting, waiting to fire this off for a little while, Um, which, you know, uh, respect, I guess. Ironically, my casual use of the N word in that tweet isn't the most controversial thing about it. It's that Love I'm calling the strategy. <laughs> Love the strategy of the diversionary tactic here. It's not even that big deal. I use the N word. What you need to focus on is the ideas. Uh, there is real science, but there is also fake science. Fake science is an instrument of impression. I believe now <laughs> he's going to go through the murderer's row of the, uh, the puppet masters of our society. Just, you know, <laughs> uh, trying to just cause like, just spreading bad, clearly harmful ideas out there. I believe that Bill Nye, Buzz Aldrin, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and Anthony Fauci are human beings of worth, as we all are. I agree with them there. But I believe they are telling some lies and are part of a system of lies. Jake, you uh, have a long-standing nemesis relationship with one of the men mentioned. Do you care to comment? Uh... I mean, just utter confusion. I, I don't recall ever hearing Buzz weigh in on anything other than just the basic, you know, we landed on the moon stuff. 
um, which I don't view as part of a. I mean, I guess you could. He that's what he means. He views Buzz Aldrin propagating the myth that we landed on the on the moon as part of a system of lives uh, lies, which puts him uh, puts him right on par with Anthony Fauci. <laughs> but you know, I would have gone yeah, he, with like the president or the vice, you know, Biden or anybody who like you know. I, I just don't know that that many people outside of Twitter are getting their info from Neil deGrasse Tyson. I would have left the science guy alone, personally. I don't he's think become he's become a bit of a he's become a, a, a lightning rod for sure. You have no quarrel with the science guy, is what I would say. Uh, so yeah, he's got a whole thing about how atom bombs are fake. Uh, how they faked them is like whenever they're showing you the the test footage. Um, that's actually a level of uh, the government makes all special effects and they let Hollywood use the shitty ones so that you think that that's the most special effects we have. But in fact, things can be done on film to manipulate it that you haven't even considered yet. Um, and whenever he gives an example of it, he's like, they use the high frame rate to then produce a slow motion picture, which is someone who's been getting into video knows. Uh, that's like oh God. pretty fucking standard. Like anytime you see slow motion, it's a high frame rate. It's not that big a deal. That would um, be pretty tight, though, to be the CIA Bruckheimer. Yeah, yeah. No like if there's there. a guy who's Michael Bay, who's Bruckheimer, but he's another level above and he has a gun like that, that would be that may be the best job in the world. Yeah, and um, in that, uh, to reference the Wind to Change podcast for the second time this month, they talked to a woman who uh, made, like, masks for the CIA, and she still couldn't talk about how they did it. Like, it, because it was, like, they were having a debate about whether or not the mask was good enough to use. So, like, one of the people, like, met with Reagan wearing the mask, and, like, he fell for it. And that's at the end of the meeting, they, like, fucking popped it off, or, like, good enough to use yet now, bitch. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, and so they they do like not want to tell you about how much they can use masks because then, you know, the people they're using them on will know. Watch out. It could be a mask. Um, but, you know, we've all seen Mrs. Doubtfire. So I think the, the bird is out of the cage on that one. Uh, he's got same thing with the moon landing. Um, doesn't even really try very hard there. Uh, now I have to address the tweets I made about Jews. <laughs> that just should not, that full sentence should not ever be, if, if that, if you're typing that out, you've, you've got a problem. Just inevitable that it would be included at some point though. Am I right? Uh, absolutely. It was the, one of the last spots on the bingo card. Uh, the Holocaust was perpetrated against the Jews in order to hijack their nation and take them hostage. I don't know exactly how Israel fits in. I, I think that's what he means by nation. Because he does go out of the way to say, like, uh, how could I hate Jews? I love Israel. Which, you know, one of the paradoxes of our time. Um, uh, so, anyways, uh, Hitler was uh, an evil monster. He rose to power because he had financial support from the global elites, the United States, Great Britain, and other countries. King Edward was infamous for his early support of Hitler, and that's why he abdicated. I think that one's a little shaky. There was other reasons he abdicated. Uh, if, if I don't one know anything of them, about that. Uh, he's, he was too horny. He, he abdicated because he was too horny. Which one seems more likely to you? Some weird bank shot Hitler thing, or the dude just wanted to fuck? Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, I don't even... I when it, When you start talking royal family, I don't remember any of who is who like you could tell me a story and i'd be like and your question is was this from the 20th century or the 14th century and like, <laughs> i don't really have any idea i couldn't uh, tell you fair enough was um, he in love with a was he in love with an american yes uh american okay, divorcee so that's the one yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah. um it's a, it is, it is a, it's a consequential moment in Irish history uh, for, you know, weird reasons. And uh, it's also the subject of the movie The King's Speech, which I don't anticipate that you saw, but I, someone probably did. Um, anyways, the real point I want to, the real thing I want to underline here, uh, King Edward was infamous for his early support of Hitler. Henry Ford, Prescott Bush, and international corporations like uh, Bayer and IBM were also supportive of the Nazi regime. The Prescott Bush thing was covered in the uh, Chapo uh, George H.W. Bush business. And I can tell you, he's not wrong there. 
I don't know that it was like, uh, I think that uh, Prescott Bush loved money a lot more than he loved Hitler. I think he was kind of agnostic on the whole, uh, you know, should we exterminate this entire people or shouldn't we question? But it was more like, well, you know, someone's got to do their banking. So uh, send those checks my way, please. Uh, and, you know, they. Yeah, and again, I, I don't know anything about any of this. Um it just doesn't feel like something you should ever be having to type out. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, no. Uh, and, and really, it makes me a little uncomfortable whenever like, I got to be like, actually, the crank's right here. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's a very interesting thing. Look into it, folks. Uh, there have been a number of uh, countries whose intelligence operations have attempted to as- ascertain exactly what uh, the company Prescott Bush was associated with knew and when they knew it. And uh, it's not good. It's not good. Um, that's how he gets. That's where he gets to. I do not believe that middle class Jews are involved in an international conspiracy. Just an uh, insane number of qualifiers, even if there are only like two. <laughs> only that a small number of their elites are. Furthermore, uh. the great majority of elites involved in the globalist conspiracy are not Jewish. It's not considered anti-Italic to talk about an Italian mafia. No one would think you believe all Italians are in the mob if you were to talk about that. So it shouldn't be considered anti-Semitic to talk about a Jewish mafia. Mm. How are you feeling so far? <laughs> yeah, the same as about every single time he hits bold. Just not good. <laughs> uh, then we get to the last bold sentence of the uh, the letter. I love and respect Jews just as I do all races, and I pray for Israel just as I pray for America. Um, then so he just you know wants to tie this all back up and say uh, the atom bomb thing was wearing off. Like they were trying, they they released that atom bomb footage to keep you scared. Uh, you stopped being scared enough. They couldn't control you as well. So they released this pandemic. In summary. Please let me continue teaching at uh, at Ferris State University, and I'll, I I do want to say like uh, I don't want to draw any larger conclusions about this whatsoever. I don't know that anyone suspected that we were going to, but I just always go crazy whenever the uh, you know New York Times writers think that the single biggest thing happening in America is what sophomores do at college at liberal arts colleges. Um, this guy can do whatever the fuck he want, you know, like, I don't know, uh, Ferris state should ask themselves some questions about whether or not he should be like, uh, giving his ideas to children, but whatever they come up with on that is, is their fucking business. I don't really give a shit. I just think the entire thing's hilarious. Well, I mean, it's also especially interesting just to imagine what the, what everyone else in this meeting that he started off detailing is thinking. And (laughs) yeah, dude. uh, if I could get a, a video feed, that would have been, just imagine someone nudging their colleague, like, here he goes. Right. <laughs> Did he just add middle class to that? Watch this it's shit. It's funny that you mention uh, the Italian mob there. Uh, this is just a super small quick hit, but uh, one of our buddies sent us this. It's an indictment against uh, 15 defendants in the La Cosa Nostra um, Philadelphia mob. Mm-hmm. And so they have to list out all their names, but they also have to list their uh, aliases. Mm-hmm. Um, Are any of them as good as Big Pussy? Because I doubt it. What about Joseph Joseph Sir Joseph Servadio, aka Joey Electric? Hell yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that is good. Uh, and the rest of them are pretty. Uh, Louis Beretta, aka Louis Sheep. I mean, his last uh, name is Beretta. Yeah. And then this is the one that I really enjoyed was uh, Anthony Gafoli, a.k.a. Tony Meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> that's in a uh, government document start that, to finish. That, that DOJ has on its website right now. That's <laughs> not, it's not, you know, FX. Yeah. I enjoy that. Tony Meatballs. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's exceptional. Um, so we do have uh, this other thing to cover, but uh, do you, would you like to play this audio? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty much just us listen to it and move on. Um, so I started seeing this. I, I somebody's oh KJ sent it to us first. Uh, yeah, since I have the the bird break, but I guess there's something called uh, Fireside uh, Fireside Fiction. It's just a magazine that publishes essays. Uh, seems moderately um whether successful or known the essay is uh by a woman named regina bradley she is a english professor 
Uh, I had her Twitter account pulled up. I don't have it anymore. But basically, she tweeted out because you're not on the website. Uh, no, you can. That's actually the reason why it's like acceptable to be gone because you can still just like go to like all weekend. I just had you know if I needed whatever Shams was saying. Like I just wanted to just look at that one thing though, or like Woj just pop on there or David Moore today whenever there was news breaking. Or, uh, you know, Jim Amendment 30, whatever. Uh, she tweeted out a, uh, a video of an audio clip of someone reading her, her essay. And her essay is called The Art of Speculating. But it's spelt like the art of, of storytelling. Like the, mm-hmm. you know, outcast. Uh, D-A, art, speculating, no G. It's just, it's just obviously anybody who knows that... Anybody who knows anything about Outcast, like even if you just knew their hits, you would know that like obviously this title is a play on that title. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not very long, and she put out a clip of it and said, "You know, Fireside." Uh, here's their tweet: "In the art of speculating, blah blah blah, breaks down the Afrofuturistic stylings of Outcast, edited by Blank, copy edited by Blank, narrated by Blank. Also free to read at FiresideFiction.com. The art of speculating." And she is a black woman who I don't know if she was born in Georgia, but definitely grew up there. And she puts this essay out that is her take on why Outcast to her ties together basically every single part of Southern culture from the 90s on, be it politics, community, um, family, everything. She thinks that, and I think most people who are Outcast fans would agree that you could pretty much tie it all together through their music. And I read it. It's okay. You know, there's nothing revelatory here. I think this is stuff that most people who, again, who like Outcast would say, yeah, for sure. Um, even if you grew up nowhere near there and are not uh, a person of color. So the video, they had a man read it who is a man mm-hmm. who is a white Mm-hmm. And I guess never really followed up with like, well, what does she sound like? Yeah. Or Googled black person from Georgia voice, or I don't know how you would go about doing this without asking a couple other questions. I think what I would do is not ask any questions and just say, Hey, whoa, wait. Pass. I don't think I I don't think I should be the guy. I don't think yeah. I should be the person reading this. I don't think it takes a ton of research. And that's what's so funny about this is you have to presume that at least two and probably more like four or five people were like, this is good. Do this. And this is what follows. Fireside Magazine presents The Art of Speculating. Okay, stop it right there. So again, this is a woman who grew up in Georgia, not Jamaica. (laughs) And it's, I mean, I guess we'll get to it in a second, but like, it's just so confusing why he goes there and then like immediately abandons it. Well, and okay. So he, he reads the name of the publisher in his voice, reads the Uh name of the title in what he presumes to be the author's voice. Which I would say is a mistake. Clearly like a a Jamaica uh, queen. I I don't even know. Uh, It is a mistake. But it does sort of give you an early indication that we're in for something here because then he switches back to regular voice to read names and then launches into really a litany of accents, none of which sound anything close to Albany, Georgia. Fireside Magazine oh, presents Sorry. The Art of Speculating yeah. by Regina N. Bradley, edited by Maurice Broadus, narrated by Kevin Rainier, published in the autumn 2020 issue of Fireside Quarterly. You're killing it, Kevin. I'm a southern black woman who stands in the long shadow of the civil rights movement. Now you've gone off the rails. I want to retract that. You're no longer killing it. Like, just if you shouldn't... I don't even... A number of bells be going off whenever you hear... Like, I just never want to read that sentence aloud. Like, I I would like to really avoid reading that sentence in any setting, certainly a public one. Uh, But what if you were not only reading it in a public setting, being him or us, and you were reading the words, not of a fiction writer, but of the actual person whose life is detailing this right now? 
Yeah, why didn't they just let her read it, dude? Well, she went on her Twitter account and read it, and surprise, she sounds nothing like this guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have stuck with that, but, uh, you know. Then hip-hop helped me navigate the contemporary Black South. Ugh. When I gathered with friends, Southern hip-hop was the soundtrack. When I, like, it's both I don't inaccurate know if I can do the whole and racist. It's like, so it's the most racist thing I maybe have ever heard. But like, like normally, like, like it's not accurate to a stereotype. You know what I mean? Like he's missing it. Like uh, that's how a white Southern woman sounds. Like I don't know any black Southern women that talk that way. Um, but but like somehow, I, I guess just because it's because you know you can tell it's a white guy being like as a black woman. Um, it's I, I don't know like uh, my my skin is crawling in two different directions it's quite a sensation let's see how much you can take no so Beach here's my- what it is to me it sounds to me like what character uh, caricatured versions in largely white produced pop culture of enslaved people sounded like like he doesn't sound like anybody who's lived like it sounds like he has an idea that he may have heard one time depicting something from hundreds of years ago from probably a white uh you know creator and went with that like yeah it's the most confusing choice i think i may have ever heard in this line of work of uh putting out audio content like he sounds like this sounds like the, the a minstrel show Min, minstrel min, minstrel menstrel men, men minstrel Father, Southern hip-hop was my comfort. And years after my initial (laughs) transplanting into Albany, Georgia, it dawned on me that Southern hip-hop was the blueprint for understanding black Southerness in the post-civil rights era. Specifically, I found myself doing deeper and deeper dives into the music catalog of It's morphing a little bit. Those two funketeers from Atlanta who offered innovative and dynamic musical redressing to the question of where and how the Black South positions itself in American culture. Outcast, comprised of members of Antoine Big Boy Patton and Andre 3000 Benjamin, entered hip-hop in the early 1990s. as you can tell, there are light hints of, like, aristocracy. (laughs) Like, there are times when it's sort of... That's the southern white woman part. Swerves over, yeah, into a, 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 like, a a tea-drinking, like... Like, the way he said South initially is the same way he says 3,000, yeah. Right, there's there's a declare coming. (laughs) Uh, And we, we, because we've left Jamaica... <laughs> yeah, and, uh, it's it's just uh, I don't know how much more I can go, but we got to get to the good part, though. I'm where hip hop was fixated on the growing tension between northeastern and western coast rap artists. While the northeast and west coasts focused on each other, southern hip hop artists like Outkast all crept over the through hip hop's back door, a stirring re-rendering to the Jim Crow narratives that paved the way for the contemporary southern black folks. Oh. Outcast's music pushes the limits of southernness and its proximity to black cultural experience. Rather than considering the South's relationship to the future <laughs> as oxymoronic, Outcast uses possibilities of the future together, like grits and eggs, collard greens and fat back, Martin Luther King and the mountain top. As I argue in my forthcoming book on Outcast, chronicling Stanconia, King's metaphorical mountaintop serves as the apex for racial equality and inclusion. But the mountaintop is not flat. There are new challenges and opportunities for southern black folks to speak their truths into power and agency. Without southern challenges and opportunities for southern black folks to speak their truths into power and agency. Without is that in my audio? So, yeah, I think so. Then play a listic idyllica music. Okay, On their second yeah. album, Atlians. There <laughs> we go. That's what I wanted. That's what I was waiting for. So the, he massively boofed the album. You know, Southern Playalistic Cadillac music. Southern Playalistic Cadillac music. Like he went kind of into a like a Italians. And then Atlians. Atlians. And then I think he even says, like, organized noise instead of saying noise at the end. But, yeah, I don't – I mean, what can you say? 
Like that got approved by several people. <laughs> yeah, they just they listened to it. They they heard nothing but good things. Atlians. Um, yeah. Atlians. Uh, do you do you think this is probably good for him, right? Like you had no idea who he was before. Now, like people are going to do novelty stuff with you know. You remember that guy? Well, you know what? It's not to me. It's not really the voiceover actor's fault. Uh, disagree. I mean, it may be, but like he it's a got lot of hired. people's fault, but it's definitely his. Okay, but I would say if I were to rank it, the guy who hired him. Number yeah. one, the the editor should have selected. I mean, he should have just gotten the author to read it. Like, everyone knows how to fucking read, dude. Like, I see that this guy's a voice actor or whatever because I did see his Twitter profile. Uh, and I don't know. Like, I kind of think anyone can do it. Like, especially it's it's not like a long article. This wouldn't be challenging. It would take a little bit of practice, but like, I mean, like you said, she she did it. It sounds sounds fine. Yeah, so. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I don't really know how that line of work uh, is. I mean, I think obviously there are some gray areas and possible minefields when it comes to having people do voiceover stuff that, you know, let's say it's a cartoon, right? And the cartoon, you don't really know the race of the cartoon or the background because it's a cartoon. But they tell you, like, you want it to sound – we want it to sound like this. You know, I think actually we've heard – I've heard or read interviews with – uh, like black voiceover actors where they're told like we want that to sound more ethnic you know type yeah. thing and they're being told urban. that by what yeah or urban we want to and we're, they're being told that possibly by white producers and it's a job so on that front i would say you know you make your own personal decision um and for him it's really really weird but like they very clearly told him read this as a black woman from the South, and he did it. He did what he I, thought I would say that would he sound did not like. Do it. He did not do that. He did what he thought that would sound like. And so, yeah, I don't know that he should be the one just absolutely getting raked over the coals for this. But, um, anyways, eh, you know, it's lesson just in really, there really for everyone. Uh, if it's your voice on it, you're gonna have to bear. I mean, you know, that's true of any creative endeavor. Like, uh, sure. You know, if you're the point person, that's how it goes. You're you're right that like a fair, you know, uh, who made the mistake here includes many other people, but everyone understands that's not how it's ever going to be digested. Um. Anyways, uh, last thing, there's a goddamn obelisk in the desert, Jake. A what? You've been off Twitter. Ooh, I'm getting to break this. I just thought that you would have known. Hell yeah, dude. Um. Okay. So. Uh, you know, Utah, you got the top part is real mountainous, but the bottom part is all like deserts and shit and like real gnarly desert, right? Utah's a, a land of uh, many wonders. Yes. My dad's a big fan of Utah. But so uh, in the, uh, I think it was southwest part of Utah, there's some kind of fucking like they were monitoring sheep herds something along those lines. And like a lot of those Western states, a lot of this is uh, is federal land. It's not private land. Um, and so they were, uh, someone was like circling in a helicopter, you know, doing their, their sheep business and just like looked down and were like, hey, go back over there. What what the fuck is that? And uh, they, they go ahead and settle the chopper down uh, get out and take pictures that they then posted to Twitter on this federal land. So it's not like someone just like uh, set this up in their backyard because they thought it looked cool. Like they trespassed and installed a giant metal obelisk in the middle. Like it's just a big piece of shiny metal that just lurking in the Utah desert. I don't and know that I think, I've ever heard that word before. Now, I realize that's going to make me a dummy, but what is the general, like, is there time telling or sun or heating? So, like, what is the point of this structure in traditional usage, like, historically? So, I mean, people are calling it nobelisk, like, uh, because that's sort of an ominous word. Um, and, uh, you know, but I mean, like, in normal times, uh, an obelisk is, you know, it's just like a statue, like the Egyptians built the ones for like decorative purposes and shit. Um, are you going to okay. be able to receive this? I'm sending you a picture, uh, but I know your phone's on airplane mode. So, I, But is that coming up on your computer? 
My phone is not on airplane mode, so I am looking at it right now. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You, uh, it's, it's just a big fucking giant piece yeah. of metal. Um, that one doesn't include the, uh, the people in it, but, uh, it's, it's much taller, uh, than the, uh, the folks that were, uh, finding it here. I'm sending you on this a little bit of better perspective. Um, it's huge. Oh, wow. It's difficult to put in the desert. And as far as your question of what's it there for, we don't know. Like that's 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 the central mystery here. Uh, the thing that it's obviously going to, in our minds, make a connection with is uh, the Georgia Guidestones. Uh, most mm-hmm. of you probably don't recall, but uh, in like episode five or some shit, we talked about how uh, a very wealthy, mysterious person, um, you know, paid to erect like a set of tablets that I believe is intended to be instructions for. Uh, you know, whoever survives the apocalypse. Isn't that the, the general thing? Yeah, and some of it's, like, really specific. Like, <laughs> yeah. down to, you know, uh, economics, things. Like, it's, it's, the ins- inscriptions are very specific. Like, on how to rebuild humanity and how to, I, I don't know, go look it up. It's it's not um, just, like, a, a, a general statements about humanity. It's got, like, a new language on it. Yeah. Like a new um, alphabet type thing. <laughs> so this one, as best we can tell, doesn't have anything. And, you know, like, what's the most likely explanation? It's just some fucking weird pranksters. Like, the, you know. I mean, I, I have a... Uh, my uh, history teacher from high school, I've, I've mentioned him a couple times. He's into real weird metalworking shit. And uh, I think that if he had them, like, means and opportunity, he would absolutely post, you know, some big fucking metal statue in the middle of a desert. Yeah, but you risk going to jail for a long time, though. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a no-payoff prankster is, I guess, probably the best type of payoff, but the no-payoff high-risk prankster, I don't know. And then uh, final kind of thing about it, um, you know, whenever this, this, this all broke today, and someone on uh, the Reddit group GeoGuessr said, uh, help me find this obelisk in the remote Utah wilderness, and then uh, a user whose username is uh, Bearfucker writes, Okay, yeah. <laughs> I looked at rock type, sandstone, color, red and white, no black streaks like found on higher cliffs in Utah, shape, more rounded, indicating a more exposed area in erosion, the texture of the canyon floor, flat rock versus sloped, indicating higher up in a watershed with infrequent water, and the larger cliff mesa in the upper background of one of the photos. I took all that, lined it up with the flight time and flight path of the helicopter earlier in the morning, taking off from Monticello, Utah, and flying almost directly north before going off radar, usually indicating it dropped below radar scanner altitude. From there, I know I am looking for a southeast facing canyon with rounded red white rock most likely close to a cl- uh, base of a larger cliff mesa most likely closer to the top of a watershed and with a suitable flat area for an as-350 helicopter to land took about 30 minutes of random checks around the green river colorado river junction before finding similar terrain from there it took 15 minutes to find the exact canyon yes i'm a freak <laughs> so that's awesome. a lot of people like Bearfucker out there that just got a lot of knowledge uh and, and you know how do you learn all those things I don't know. I mean, like, it makes sense, you know, like all those check out. But if you told me like, hey, TC, could you find it? Uh, I could not have done near the work that uh, that bear fucker did. And uh, that's why he has 69 points right now on uh, geoguesser.com. He's probably been denying new ones. <laughs> one, as they come in. one would think. I don't, like I don't really know. Type how of guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't either. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a cool story. I, I didn't I don't think, you know. I'm all all on board with the the Tom DeLong work over the last few years that the Navy has had to declassify and acknowledge. I mean, it could this, be. I, I would say it's not that's not close to the most likely explanation, but you gotta admit it's some weird shit. I have to admit it's some weird shit, and I also think Jerry will buy this within one year. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I can't wait till uh, you know, the uh, post-zombie apocalypse survivors stumble upon Sky Mirror. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's... The Stonehenge it's, of our time. And it's not that impressive. <laughs> uh, I disagree. It's got its own charm. I feel its power if I'm near enough. Yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like they'll be that impressed by that. I think probably like 
some of these new spicy chicken sandwiches, if any of those are still around, they'll be like, okay, they finally Unlikely. got it. <laughs> 20, this 2020, was an advanced society. 2019, they finally started to understand. Like, just kick it up. Kick it up a little bit. But yeah. yeah, I'm looking at the pictures of it. It looks pretty it looks pretty cool. I don't know. Like I want to do something with it though, you know? Make it into a slide or Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe do the deal where like elementary school kids cook eggs on it, you know, cuz it's so hot. Yeah. I uh, you know, the Georgia Guidestones like obviously offering little you would think generates mystery, but I think that in order to generate the maximum amount of mystery, you got to give me a little something. Like something. the way the Guidestones do. And this That's is right. just a, it's just a flat face. Um, so you know, we'll yeah, uh, we'll, we'll a, keep track of the story. It looks like something that Chip and JoJo would put in someone's kitchen. Like it's just not. Hundred percent. There's not enough there. Like you know, I'm looking at the list of inscriptions on the guidestones now, and you know, number one, controversial and uh, immoral. I'm going to go out on a limb. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. So they'd like about okay. a. They like to cut this down to about you know eight percent of. They're kind of going the other way from Iglesias. Yeah. Oh, I guess I don't know anything. About, oh, by the way, you are you? Oh, we talked about this the other night off the air. But yeah, I'm really excited for Matt Iglesias, man. That's big news. He's substacking. Yeah. Maybe you could intern uh, for him. It's been great. <laughs> Maybe I can. You know, I've been I have a very successful interning record. <laughs> That's true. All right, well, well, we only have one episode this week cuz you know, it's Thanksgiving. The holiday and stuff. It's yeah. Thanksgiving. We'll be back next week. All right. Night. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.